Mm -hmm. I'll see you next week. Sorry. Um, so, not you guys. I will not see you next week. I will not see you at all because this is an audio recording. <laughs> 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 Are you nostalgic, a parent, or perhaps a child at heart? When it comes to children's media, from books to TV shows, and even movies, there's often more than meets the eye. Is it well written? Does it still hold up today? What works and what doesn't? Or maybe you wonder what went on behind the scenes of that work. Together, a trio of adults who are also kids at heart, will critique and comment on one piece of children's media each episode. Hello, this is Eric. Hi, I'm PJ. And I'm Rico. You're listening to Beyond the Lens, a family-friendly podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Beyond the Lens. This is Eric, and today, as always, I am joined by Rico and PJ. Say what's up. Hi. Hey. <laughs> um, so today we are discussing one of my favorite uh, childhood heroes. This person is not actually a person. This person is actually a lamb. And Sherry Lewis had a little lamb, and her little lamb name was Lamb Chop. And everywhere that Sherry's hand land, Lamb Chop always went as well. Um, so... How familiar are you guys with the character of Lamb Chop and Sherry Lewis as a person? Okay, the only reason why I've heard of this show is because when I was in sixth grade, the song that doesn't end somehow became our class theme song. I'm not really sure why. I don't know if it's because my teacher was a fan of the show or that someone came into class one day singing it and everyone caught on, but it was stuck in my head for years. And then, like, one day in middle school, it bugged me so much that I decided to finally look up. And I saw it was from um, the show, and I'm like, oh, what? I've never even heard of the show. Uh, so, yeah, in short, no, I'm not very familiar with the show um, other than that song. Well, I, when I was younger, I was watching Lamb Chop's Play Along. That's probably the show I'm the most familiar with. I got a few episodes recorded from PBS back in the day, but I, I believe there was also a brief spinoff with Charlie Rose of that show. But I, that is correct. I don't have I don't have that many, much memory involving that show, but I did watch it. So um, I want to jump back to the song that never ends really quick um, because. Also, while I was in middle school, that song started to pop up again in popularity. And I was like, <clears throat> and I was like, why is everyone singing this song? Everyone's like, because it's annoying. And I said, do you even know what it's from? They're like, yeah, it's a popular song. And I was like, what <laughs> is it from? And they're like, it's just a popular song. It's not from anything. And I whipped my head around so quick and was like, it is from Lamb Chops Play Along, you terrible humans. <laughs> I was furious. And they're like, what's Lamb Chop? And I was like, you can't sing a song and not know what it's from, you little twits. Like, <laughs> that was my, my class. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> Today I'm going to give you a little history on Sherry Lewis, her life, her adventures, Lamb Chop. And we'll get 
into a lot of weird topics because that's what we do here. Um, so Sherry Lewis was born Phyllis Naomi Hurwitz. So we'll start there. <laughs> um, so she was born in the Bronx. She grew up in New York. Um, she had one sister. Her parents were both entertainers. In fact, her father was named the official magician of New York City by the mayor at the time during the Great Depression. Um, so he was very, very famous magician. Um, by the age of 13, she had started to master a lot of these magician techniques and these magic tricks. Um, she also um, went to school for ballet, so she has a lot of ballet training. Um, some of her other talents and instructions include juggling, ice skating, acrobatics, baton twirling, piano, violin. Um, and then she went into ventriloquism and was taught ventriloquism by a very popular ventriloquist, John W. Cooper. Um, so following that time, she went to study piano and violin at New York's High School of Mu uh, School of Music and Art. Um, she studied dance at the American School of Ballet and acting um, with Meisner. So she continued to just basically be me and just not pick <laughs> one thing. You have to pick all of them, uh, which is what fascinates me about her so much. So as you continue, you know, as she gets older, she starts to figure out like what she wants to do and how she wants to um, expand her career. Um, so in 1952, she, uh, entered a contest on Arthur Godfrey's Talent Scouts and her puppetry won first place. This was a CBS television series and from there she hosted various children's series throughout the decades. Um, she made her she did ventriloquism with other characters on various other shows. Lamb Chop actually premiered on Captain Kangaroo um, in March of 1956. Um this uh, simultaneously, uh, Charlie Horse, Hush Puppy, and Wing Ding were all their characters that she introduced on the show as well. Um, she had a show called Sherry Land for a while. Sherry and her friends. Um, it, it, she's just, it's expanded constantly over the place. Um, in 1960, she was given her first network program called The Sherry Lewis Show. Um, it replaced The Howdy Doody Show, which was, of course, another ventriloquist performer um the show ran uh about three years through september of 1963 featured of course lamb chop hush puppy charlie horse wingding um wingding is a black crow puppet um what was very interesting about each of these characters um was that they were very simplified it would they were all sock based puppets puppets um and she there wasn't a whole lot of work done to them because you have various styles of puppets that existed. This is the time that Jim Henson was getting popular and doing various things. Um, you have other television personalities out there and different television children's programming doing very similar or different things, um, similar things with different concepts. So you have her and Mr. Rogers doing very similar things, but one of them used puppets and one of them talked directly to the camera kind of thing. Um, Sherry Lewis also did a lot of acting throughout the 60s, 70s, and 80s, um, as her own person. 
she appeared on a number of British shows, the Royal Variety performances, uh, various commercials. Um, and then in the 1970s, she hosted another puppet show called The Sherry Show. I have a copy of this DVD, and it's her running a TV studio, and it's wonderful and great. Um, and then in 1992, Lamb Play-Along uh ran for five years on PBS. Um, it was a very interactive show, something kind of different than what she had done in the past, where it was more like, oh, this is a an entertainment show. We're going to do a couple of little tricks and stuff. This was very much a get up off the couch. We're going to do we're going to do interactive activities. We're going to do exercises. We're going to do crafts. We're going to do sing alongs. And it was a a very genuinely kids variety show. Um, and um, following that run, uh, as Rico stated earlier, her and her husband created the Charlie Horse Music Pizza. This was a continuation of the show. So Charlie Horse and the rest of the gang run the pizza factory with Dom DeLuise and various other celebrities that popped in and out of the various shows. Um, She's done a lot of writing for other series, um, including an episode of Star Trek. Uh, she's an author who has wrote over 60 children's books and various books for parents. Um, well, let's see. Let's see. Personal life. She kept her surname from her first uh, very brief marriage to Stan Lewis. Her second husband was a publisher, um, Jamie, Jeremy Tarcher. Um, and he was a producer and and brother of novelist judith Krantz. Cran i can't i'm sorry with the names me with names boo um together the two of them had a daughter named mallory and to this day mallory is still touring with lamb chop doing various carnivals and festivals and everything uh television appearances um do 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 um mallory continued the legacy um with Lamb Chop during uh, Sherry's the, the 90s with Sherry. Uh, she wrote a lot of episodes for Lamb Chop's Play Along and the Charlie Horse Music Pizza, and then from there continued to go on tour. Um, in 2000, Mallory legally changed her name, her last name to Lewis, so that way there was distinct recognition between the two of them. Um, after her, right before her death, Sherry Lewis ended up selling the rights to Lamb Chop to DreamWorks. So DreamWorks is the current owners of the Lamb Chop franchise. However, her daughter Mallory still owns the live performance rights to Lamb Chop. So anytime you see Lamb Chop in person, it is Mallory that owns the rights to that. Anytime you see Lamb Chop on television or DVD or anything like that, it is DreamWorks distributing it. Or if DreamWorks decided to ever do that, it would be DreamWorks distributing it. But DreamWorks doesn't want to do that because they're dumb. <laughs> Anyways, um... So Mallory, excuse me, Sherry Lewis was treated for breast cancer in the 1980s. In 1988, she was diagnosed with uterine cancer. She had a hysterectomy, um, and she was given six weeks to live. She got the hysterectomy, went through chemotherapy. chemotherapy. Um, she developed viral pneumonia and then died on August 2nd, 1998, at the age of 65. Obviously, following her death, the Charlie Horse Music Pizza that was on was canceled, um, the last episode aired in 1999, so they finished everything up as much as possible, and then they just like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up. It's gonna be done. You can't really do anything, Sherry Lewis, without Sherry Lewis at this point. 
Um, during her time uh, of living, she won a Peabody Award, 12 Emmys, um, the Women in Film Lucy Award, um, in recognition for excellence and innovation in her creative in her creative works um, for television. She won the New York Film and Video uh, Festival Silver Award. She won the Film Advisory Board Award of Excellence, like uh, seven Parents' Choice Awards, like all over the place. She won everything you could possibly imagine for her work in the entertainment industry. One thing that I very much appreciate about Sherry is she, while yes, she did study all of these different things and she went into puppetry and ventriloquism and entertainment she still utilized every single thing that she learned and incorporated it into lamb chops play along i think that's why that show was so successful is it was really the epitome of everything she had learned over her life and really came to fruition with these various um bringing together her various talents um throughout the series there was a ton of various segments. She did a lot of magic tricks. She did a lot of specials. Um, I know you guys have said, um, PJ, you didn't really watch the show, and Rico, you did watch and are familiar with the characters. Did you guys have a favorite of the three puppets, Lamp Chop, Charlie Horse, or Hush Puppy? I do know a little bit about Charlie Horse because I've seen the scene where the song that doesn't end is from. Um, (laughs) But I recently, yeah, I recently um, watched this little boy who had a lamp chop puppet. And I kind of like grew fond of it too. Yeah. And so his parents are really cool. Um, And so I kind of fell in love with the character. Just, I haven't really seen much of lamp chop, but just based on his overall personality, I think I relate to him the most. Mm, Yeah. I'd probably say Lamb Chop too. I think somewhere, I have nowhere, I mean, I have no idea where, but somewhere I have a stuffed Lamb Chop toy as well. Let me tell you how upset I am that I never got a Lamb Chop before, like in the 90s, because now they really don't exist as a puppet unless you go and get it as a dog toy because yes they're licensed out lamb chop as a dog toy i purchased one from my former my my best friend former roommate um for her dog and he loved her he loved lamb chop um and like the texture of the fur when it got wet like oh god it was just it was weird how much he loved that stupid stupid lamb um (laughs) that's messed up though well, that's what I said. Is a part of me was like, "Oh my God, this is so cute!" Because he loves her, and part of me is like, "Get that lamb out of your mouth." <laughs> <laughs> um, for me personally, I think as a kid, I was like, "Lamb Chop's cute and funny," and as I grew older, about the time that Charlie Horse's Music Pizza came out, I went, "Ooh, nope, I am Charlie Horse through and through." Oof, I am Charlie Horse. Um, I. I am such a, a very logical person when it comes to a lot of decisions. Obviously, yes, I am watching a show with ventriloquism and puppets and everything. So there's a lot of, like, disbelief happening. But, oof, Charlie Horse, when he gave sass, he gave it real good. Um, 
Rico, um, I'm going to go with PJ. Your favorite segment is the only one that you've seen, which is the song that never ends. We're just going to continue to right. circle back to that. <laughs> yeah. Um, Rico, did you have a favorite segment that you s- distinctly remember from the show? Or a song that may that may come to mind? Mm. The, uh, the song, I guess, that's most memorable to me of course is the song that never ends but, <laughs> but, but before recording this podcast so i've i dug out a tape and watched one of the laptop episodes i have recorded and and it turns out that one of the segments that was done was where where sherry lewis retold the story of the lion and the mouse Yes! Oh, I love that one. Yeah, uh, I was always fond of the story of the lion and the mouse growing up, but I just I didn't know that that was where I first heard it. Because the only other show that I've heard that story on besides Slam Chops Play Along is Between the Lions when they had it in book mm-hmm. form. But... Uh, apparently, I first heard the story from Lamchop, and <laughs> I guess that's that. Was I'm trying to think. Um, I, I I'm on YouTube right now, bouncing back and forth. I think this is the one that I had, and I think this is the one that you're. Yes, this is the one that I had. So, jump into the story was the one VHS that I had that I watched constantly. So that one also has the lion and the mouse segment in it. Um, but there's a song at the beginning that Sherry sings with Charlie Horse and Lamb Chop. And this song I have always, I, I still sing it to this day. Like I'll be cleaning and the song will come into my head. Ticky ticky timbo, no see nimbo. Oh boy, pusky boy, pondo nicky, pompon nicky, no me out and point. It's about the guy with the longest name in the world. And he fell into a, a, a well and his friend had to go in and was trying to get people to rescue him. But they were like, get to the point. You're, and his name's too long. And, oh my God, it was great. Um, I think I have that episode too some, somewhere on VHS. I have. <laughs> but I do remember that segment, yeah. Um. There's another one, another segment where she did um, Peter Rabbit and um, told the story of Peter Rabbit. There was one with the Emperor's New Clothes where Lamb Chop just going, he was naked. And I say that <laughs> a lot too. <laughs> and I'm like, where is clothes? Um, so, oh my gosh, she just had so many wonderful segments. There was one segment that I was never a fan of because it was just so odd and she did this not often but often enough that i was like ugh was she did like random songs and dances but then she did like full size like costume lamb chop charlie horse hush puppy dancing around and i was like this can stop this is uncomfortable lamb chop is a is a is a sock puppet please do not make this more uncomfortable than it needs to be thanks um, a couple random things about Lamb Chop and Sherry Lewis as we're bouncing. But oh, there's, God, there's, there it is. There's that giant dancing Lamb Chop. <laughs> um, I won't my document scroll. Um, 
So this is something that I was not aware of, and I'm not sure how 100% true this is. Um, so after gaining popularity, uh, Sherry was given her own show, Takeover for Howdy Duty. We discussed that a little bit. However, after the show ended in 1964, the network said, oh, we need to record the Democratic and Republican National Conventions. We'll just use these tapes. And they recorded over Sherry Lewis. And if I were Sherry Lewis, I'd be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be like, excuse me, what do you think you're doing? Uh, give me my tapes. So a lot of that footage no longer exists from her first, the, from the Sherry Lewis show, and that was very upsetting to know. Um, she Sherry would also go and joke around when she dated restaurants that people would recognize her, and they go, oh, what are you looking to order? And she goes, um... I would love the biggest rack of lamb that you have. And people would get so offended. And she was joking. Um, but, you know, she likes to joke around like that. She's an entertainer. She likes to get the reactions out of people. Hmm. Um, one of the other things that I love about Sherry is that she studied, obviously, instruments like piano and violin. But she also studied how to be a conductor. And she's conducted major symphonies in the U.S., Japan, and Canada. And... Oh my god, it's just amazing to watch her conduct. I love watching conductors during shows. Um, one other thing that she did, very similar to Fred Rogers, was she had to go and testify in front of Congress and try to secure uh, television content and funding for children's television. Um, Lamb Chop was granted permission to testify as well with Sherry and gave this entire speech about, you know, to protect children against bad content on television. So... Obviously, with PBS coming in, you uh, with children, there needs to be like less violence and that kind of stuff. And PBS was that during the '90s was that really big culmination of everything that everyone had worked for through the '60s, '70s, and '80s. And it was just unbelievable to see PBS and ever all the content that came out in the 1990s between between the Lions and the Puzzle Place and uh, the uh, Magic School Bus and all of these wonderful shows. All these shows that I've just named that are, like, on my list of things that we're discussing at some point. <laughs> so, what do you think makes puppetry so fascinating, regardless of what variation of puppetry it is? I mean, ventriloquism, that takes a lot of talent. I've tried to, never gotten close. I'd probably have to say ventriloquism too and I've tried I've, I've gone close but nowhere near anything where I would try to do it in front of people I have attempted ventriloquism before and I was like this is challenging and said nope <laughs> um, yep. I tried I tried all sorts of different things and was like I don't know if I'm just I think part of it is talent and part of it is capability are you actually capable of doing it and if you are then that's where the talent grows from um right do you have um so obviously between jim henson and sherry lewis and all sorts of other people puppetry has been around for centuries and just millenniums from storytelling out in the east all the way through entertainment venues today what do you think 
about puppetry makes people enjoy it and get sucked into it. The art of puppetry. I mean, just because it's different, like you're giving an inanimate object life, because sometimes you don't even realize, they're. oh wait, they're not alive. And it's just so interesting, like, how people do that. Uh, maybe it's just the uh, the aesthetic of the visuals, like it's it's not like animation of any kind, and it's it's close to but not quite live action. It's it's just sort of different. I think what's really cool about it is, yeah, like you were saying, it's it's almost an animation in live format. It's not like 2D traditional animation. It's not CGI. Um, it's something that you can get first experience in and see something animated live in front of you. Um, you have, you know, different levels of puppetry from, you know, you have Sherry Lewis with, with the, I don't like calling them sock puppets, but that's the easiest definition term of what they are at the base. Um, Jim Henson did a lot of exploration with puppetry. Um, you know, you have your your basic puppets that he started with, and then you have the Muppets and Sesame Street characters, and then you know, all obviously all of those go through various like the hand and rod puppets, like Elmo to Big Bird and Snuffle, Snuffy the Snuffleupagus. But then you also have stuff like the Wubbulous World of Dr. Seuss. You have uh, Labyrinth and Dark Crystal which go in a completely unique route with puppetry. You have um, newer shows like Sid the Science Kid, which does digital puppetry. So they, and um, Splash and Bubbles, which also does digital puppetry. So they'll record the, it's kind of like um, motion capture um, where they'll do the puppet stuff and then they'll use that as the end the computer will animate it in live time. So it, it continues to just unbelievable advancements. One of the latest puppets that I've witnessed in person um, is the King Kong show in New York City. And it's from the, I believe it's from the same team that did Walking with Dinosaurs. And this King Kong puppet is 20 feet tall, 2,000 pounds, operated by, I think, 16 people. It is the most unbelievable thing I have ever witnessed in my entire life. But then that also brings up walking with dinosaurs and the how to train your dragon experience and the different puppetry that's at the theme parks, like the Velociraptor that you can meet at universal studios. So there's, there's just so many different opportunities to expand and explore and, um, creatively come, come out with various forms of puppetry. And I think that's, what's great is no matter where you think it stops, there's more to explore with it and there's more to do. Um, Rico being somebody that watched, what do you think makes or made Sherry and her material and her character so memorable to audiences? Um, I'd say it's her unique personality. I mean, there's, there's various people like you've mentioned before with Jim Henson or Fred Rogers, but Sherry Lewis is like in a camp uh, all on her own. I don't even know how to describe it. 
I think with me, when I watch a show, I have to connect, especially a show like that, I have to connect with the person first and then the rest of the characters. And I think Sherry felt like if she was a very motherly character person and character as herself on the show, um, she had a very welcoming environment and very fun, almost like a fun aunt vibe to her. And I think that first is where the connection is made. Then from there, you connect with all the different characters um, who have all three have the, the three core characters have very distinct personalities and you're able to, you know, see them in real time, get their personality. It's just, Oh God, I love them so much. Um, do you think Lamb Chop is still relevant currently? Why or why not? I mean, you don't really see too many puppet shows anymore. And like the fact that my nanny kids like was able to get a Lamb Chop puppet. I mean, and his parents know about it. I mean, I'm sure there are like more kids out there who like have heard of it, but we just don't know about it because obviously the show doesn't run anymore. But I think it's still like relatable. I guess my next question will. Uh, I think if Lamb Chop was brought back, she would be way more relevant. However, comma, do you think? There is even remotely a possibility of Lamb Chop ever coming back into the public consciousness with what today's entertainment industry, especially for children, looks like. Do you think this format will work still? Mm. I mean, sadly, no. <clears throat> Just because, like, you've seen all the, I mean, most shows are, like, turning to animation. You know, there used to be, like, um, claymation too. I grew up with a show that involved claymation. That's not really used anymore. Yeah, it's just kind of sad. Well, I guess it depends on like how it comes back because as I we watched an episode to prepare for this podcast, like honestly, I actually got some Zoom. Vo- vibes from the show (laughs) yeah Uh, and and so i think if it's done right i think it's possible it could come back and it could work it's just like how are we gonna give that a try i think what my issue is is i don't think the format would work on television. I, if we were keeping to the Lamb Chops play along f- format the way it was and just basically copy pasting with same and new characters and that kind of stuff, I don't think it would work on television. However, because DreamWorks owns the property and DreamWorks is constantly putting material out onto Netflix, I think being able to do something like, so they did the Carol Burnett show. They did Julie's green room. I think doing something like this with lamb chop 
even if it's like we'll do it for you know 10 episodes to start we'll see how it goes maybe we'll do like a, a grand total of like 50 episodes but that way you have one puppetry remaining in the public consciousness that's other than like the jim henson company and two you're able to keep lamb chop in the public eye as well and say you know lamb chop's been around since the 50s you know she she has the fact that you know you have characters like mickey that have been around since 1928 and you have thomas that has been around since 1945 and you have all these fairy tales and all these other different characters i feel like lamb chop is for preschool television and especially for puppetry is just as relevant in that aspect and it's just a shame a shame that she's just kind of disappeared off the planet um obviously there are a multitude of other puppets that exist in the world do you have a particular puppet that is your favorite puppet Like on the show or just in general? In general, just any puppets from any franchise or any any creator. Okay. And why do you like them? Well, I think we talked about it um, during our pilot episode, but Julia from Sesame Street. I'm so appreciative of Sesame Street mm-hmm. for bringing on an autistic oh. puppet just because the character for me is relatable. And, you know, we're finally getting some representation for autism. I thought that was really cool. Even though I didn't grow up with Julia, I wish I did. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, it's sort of hard to pick just one from any franchise. But I guess another show that that involved puppets that I remember growing up uh which again was from the 90s on PBS, uh, is the show called The Puzzle Place. Mm-hmm. There was, I don't recall exactly um, watching that show on PBS, but I did like get, get various home video releases from that show. If I had to pick from that show, the the I forget the names, but the but the two uh, dog and cat characters from that show. Give me a minute. I'm gonna look it up because <laughs> that's gonna bug me if I don't remember. <laughs> Puzzle place, the puzzle place. Let's go down to the puzzle place. Uh-huh. And while you're looking it up, one one story that I that I remember uh, from my childhood with the puzzle place is one of the home video releases that I had. It got really worn out, and it wasn't even just from me watching it a bunch of times. As a kid, it was. Jesus. It was also from the fact that that when I think it was three at the time, I for whatever reason I had the brilliant idea to stick a feather in the VCR. 
<laughs> and so it did, did some damage to something on the inside. And so now, with at least with that tape, if you and the, uh, with this tape, you have to you don't you don't rewind it when you're done watching it. You eject it, and then you're supposed to rewind it when you want to watch it for the first time. Mm -hmm. Why I don't know, but <laughs> just something that stemmed from the damage I did by putting the feather in the VCR. You know what's really okay? So the the nuzzle and sizzle, or the name of the cat and the dog. Mm -hmm. Um, what I'm I don't know why I'm coming to this realization right now because it, it this is obvious. So you know how like in the voice actor community, there's like the same like you'll you'll see all the same names working together a multitude of times in just different combinations because mm -hmm. that's how the voiceover industry works. It's the same exact thing with the puppetry industry because. There are people that worked on the Puzzle Place, that worked on Avenue Q, that worked on, um, that worked on Sesame Street, that worked on the Muppets, that work that worked everything. So for this, you have Stephanie DeBruzzo, who's done a lot of work on all these shows. Matt Vogel, um, who's a, a big name in the Muppets and the Sesame Street industry right now. You have um, all these other different people. I'm like looking at names. Eric Jacobson. Um, God, I love all these people. Any hoozles. Back to Sherry. <laughs> Um, one of the other one of the other things that Sherry did was she created specific specials around a, around a theme so she did a special about manners called the land of no manners she did one about numbers called the land of no numbers which was one I can quote that inside now and then no numbers I can sing that song I'll count the clouds in the sky and Katie will be like shut up um, <laughs> so, um however there is there are a couple of specials that were religion based because Sherry Lewis was Jewish um she did a Hanukkah special and she did a Passover special. And I think it's really interesting when religion is brought into children's media. Um, what are your thoughts about religion representation in children's media in any form, whether it's Christianity or Catholicism or um, Jewish uh, or anything like that? Well, it's like, you know, we talked about the Hunchback of Notre Dame last time and yes. how Catholicism and Christianity were brought into play. And that worked out really well because a lot of people can relate to it. I think it's fine because, you know, we have a lot of kids who um, grow up with parents who are, you know, they could be the same religion or different religions. And the kid, you know, might be deciding, oh, well, I wonder which religion, you know, is right for me. And so I think religious representation, if done right, is yes. just fine. Well, for me, I share some of the same things, but one thing that I, and I'm not, not so sure, sure about uh, when it comes to religion and social media, at least when it comes to Christianity, and I am a Christian, is like, just the idea of trying to take an existing secular children's franchise and turn it Christian. 
Yeah. And in one case that I actually didn't even know until I actually came across a post about this on Tumblr and I looked it up. Apparently, the creator of JJ the Jet Plane, uh, yes. Christian, oh wow, I forgot about that one. And and apparently he create he took existing JJ the Jet Plane episodes yep. and redubbed the narration and other characters in an attempt to make the episodes with a Christian audience. <laughs> it was so funny because. I was looking up JJ the Jet Plane to like look at the, how that animation holds up, and I'm like, oof, because Katie, my roommate, grew up in um, in Germany for a while, and they got British television satellite coming through. So she said, "Oh, JJ the Jet Plane," and like whatever the lady's name was, and I was like, "That's not her name. Her name is Brenda, and they live in Terrytown." And she goes, "No, it's this lady, and she's British." And I was like, "What are you talking about?" So when they did the live action sequences in England, they recast the characters. And I was like, that's odd. So I was like looking up to compare and I scroll skip, skimming through an episode. And it was like this an episode that I had watched before. And then it got to the end and it's like, JJ remembered to get along with everyone just like God wanted it. And I was like, what? Where did this come from? <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't on TV. Like, what? what? And I was just like, it came out of nowhere. It had nothing to do with the plot. And I was like, what? This has, this is so irrelevant to everything. But going back to Lamb Chop and some of these other shows, Rograds also did several different religious episodes because the way they put it is that Dee Dee's family was of Jewish descent. So they celebrated all these different holidays as well. The way that they're represented in Rugrats and Lamb Chop is a, it's not necessarily done in a religious context. It's done as we are celebrating this holiday. This is why we celebrate this holiday. It's to celebrate this person or this situation. And this is what happened in that situation. They tell it like it's like a a story as opposed to this is part of our religion and this is why we celebrate our religious holiday and blah, 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 which I think is done very uniquely because it opens up the context of the religion to a wider audience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, one of the other things that I really appreciate is if you do it correctly, you can get a chuckle out of it and figure out, like, so example, there's the Hanukkah versus Hanukkah and, like, the age versus the C-age, like, debate. So that was in the Lamb Chop Hanukkah special where they go, Charlie Harris goes, it's Hanukkah, and Lamb Chop goes, no, it's Hanukkah. And Charlie Harris goes, no, it's Hanukkah. And she goes, okay, Charlie Horse, <laughs> is my name Lamb Hop? And he goes, oh, no. Gosh. And she goes, is your name Harley that Horse? Me. <laughs> uh, you know what that reminds me of? That reminds me of Jeff Dunham with his puppets. One of the yeah. two puppets that always argue, like Peanut and uh, the, the and jalapeno. Jose, oh my. Yeah. Now I know where he might have gotten that inspiration from. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, and I love it. Um, anyways, I guess we should start. Unless, do you guys have anything specific that you want to add before I wrap anything up? Mm. One thing I want to end on for sure, but I want to, like, let you guys finish anything that you have any questions on or anything. I mean, the only thing that I could think of 
of bringing up would be uh, this uh, this one tape that was released, I think, in 1996 that that featured. Uh, I featured a compilation of like various kids shows. Lamb Chop was one of them. Um, was it Kids for Character? Yeah. Yes, I had that. It was the best. I saw <laughs> Thomas on the back and said, "I have to have this," and I was like, "Oh my god, this is everything I watch. This is perfection." Yeah. Well. Uh. I feel I was gonna say about it. <laughs> Uh, was it the jelly beans? Because I can also recite that almost by heart. <laughs> oh, I I haven't seen that in quite a long time, but I you just draw a memory of that, yeah. So PJ, what happens in this thing is they're doing six pillars to build character, and it's like different episodes of different television series come in and they're like oh we're going to teach about this thing so the puzzle place was trustworthiness and lamb chop was about fairness and the magic school bus was about responsibility and they did all these different things and showed like segments from each of these shows so lamb chop segment was about lamb chop and charlie horse both wanted an equal number of jelly beans and sherry counts them out counts them even and lamb chop goes no Charlie Horse has more blue jelly beans than I do. <laughs> so, like, uh, this entire segment is about her trying to resolve their issues, and they get through the entire song. And she goes, okay, oh, hate your jelly beans. Like, I think everything's good. And both of them go, I don't really like jelly beans, and walk away. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> wow. Oh, my God. <sighs> if that's not kids in a toy store or, like, food, I want this thing. Nah, I just wanted Never it because mind. of yeah. <laughs> so that reminds me of the one Arthur episode where, where George has a hard time saying no to Buster, and it causes uh -huh. him to a lot of thing. And so he tries to practice saying no to to Wally. Yes, and to be Buster, and and eventually he. He ends up caving into Wally as well, giving him the juice because that was that was what he was trying to practice saying no to. And then, then Wally says, "Pineapple, yuck! I hate pineapple!" And then throws it away. <laughs> <laughs> um. So to kind of wrap this up, um, I'm going to talk about my absolute one thousand percent. My two, two favorite lamb chop things to ever exist. The first one is Lamb Chop and Sherry's guest appearance on the television show The Nanny. And it is... Oh, they were on The Nanny. I freaking love that show. Oh, my God. It's a season two episode towards the end of the season. And they get... Cece Babcock gets the rights to Lamb Chop the movie. And Mr. Sheffield's like, um, absolutely not. So the two of them come over to the house. And oh my god, Lamb Chop is so dirty. And it's hysterical. Like, she said... And the How jokes... How I missed this episode? Oh my god. Oh my Go gosh. find it right now. It's so good. Yep. She does this entire thing about, like, um, you know... 
is Sherry needs a manicure and starts going uh, uh, and twitching. Um, she goes, she goes to Mr. Sheffield and starts flirting with him and goes, my room later. And Fran goes, <laughs> you better bring a rubber glove with you. Um, like, it's so funny. My second, best episode of the nanny, best, like, hands down best episode of, like, any TV series I've watched because of the chemistry. That is one heck of a crossover. Oh, it's so good. And it was unexpected, which was what made it great. The other favorite clip, which you can definitely find on YouTube because I've watched it, like, yesterday. Um, There is a segment um, on YouTube. It's called Curse Along with Lamb Chop. It's, she really doesn't curse all that much. Um, what it is, is it's Lamb Chop is drunk when she comes out onto stage. And is just like one of her friends when she drinks, which makes it hysterical. Um, she, the entire thing is she is drinking um, and criticizing Sherry the entire time. And, oh, my God, it's the best thing you ever see. Because you think, like... Lamb Chop is theoretically six years old and is now wasted. And it's like yeah. things that should not be happening right now. But oh my God, because it's a puppet, like all rules are thrown out the window at this point. And it's just so great. So to wrap things up, Uncle <laughs> yeah. the nanny, PBS, what do these things have in common? A wonderful sock puppet and her wonderful creator, Sherry Lewis. Um, Thank you so, so much for again for tuning in to Beyond the Lens. Um, this is Eric PJ and Rico, and we will see you next time. Yeah. Bye. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Lens. The intro music is Work. That's W E R Q by Kevin McCobb. It is available under a Creative Commons attribution license and can be downloaded for free at Incompetech.com. Beyond the Lens is a ReCore Entertainment production. What is our next episode about? How funny you should bring up religion in children's media because, I kid you not, the next topic we're going to be talking about is Veggie Tales. <laughs> Wait, was this my pick? Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to talk about the cringy animation. Ah, oh, and my favorite song. Oh, I am ready. Let's go, PJ. All right, I'm ready, too. I'm so excited. All right. I don't think you sound oh. excited, but it's because I'm... Oh, you're tired, yes. Uh, yeah, uh, too.